Last name good here, uh, straight out the damn podcast. I, I feel like uh, I have, um, uh, hey, what's going on? So, quick thing. First off, okay, it's last name good or the straight out the damn podcast. A couple of things. Uh, number one, do I need a different intro? Somebody pointed out, I was like, man, you always start the podcast off by saying, hey, what's going on, people? It's last name good or the straight out the damn podcast. I kind of feel like that's how I like to talk. I I think that's the way I like to open it up. But hey, guys, let me know. Should I do a different intro? Do we need intro music? I I don't know. Let me know what you think. Um. Anyway, though, we have a special episode today. But there's also quite a few things that I want to talk to you guys about before we got to the actual episode. So first off, Sundresses and Sangria is going down August 25th at the Music Room here in Atlanta. So if you're looking for R&B, you're looking for Sangria, you're looking for beautiful women, um, you should probably be in the building. Yes, fellas, I'm talking to you. You should probably be in the building. So look, go to sundressesandsangria.com, uh, get your pre-sale tickets. If you want to wait to pay at the door, you can do that too. Um, I'm all about saving some money. So if I was you, I would go ahead and go to sundressandsangria.com uh, right now and pick up those pre-sale tickets. So we have uh, special guests. Um, it's really more so of a party, but we do have a couple of special guest performances in the building. So uh, since you guys are listeners to the podcast, I figured, hey, why not go ahead and just give you guys that list now? And it's not a lot. It's only a couple. Uh, but like I said, I, it's only right, right? So first off, we've got Alexis Glenn. Uh quick story about her if you guys followed the site she was my sunday spotlight um this past week and i met her i was just at a show trying to support one of the homies and i heard her at soundcheck and i mean 30 seconds is all i heard and i was like okay no i need to introduce myself to her because she's dope and we need her on sundress and sangria and so uh thankfully she she is down to perform and and she's dope she's super talented and i think you guys will enjoy her so Make sure you come come through August 25th. Um, another pr- Monet Giovanni. Oh, man, I love Monet Giovanni. Like, her voice, everything about her music is dope. And um, that Nobody record is a hit. I don't care what nobody say. So, uh, y'all show up, see her perform. And we also got Naystar. Um, she's super talented. The choreography is always on point. Everything, the vocals, like she puts on a show. So you guys need to make sure that you're in the building for this. This is going to be the biggest R&B party of the year. Last month, we sold out the music room. This month, we're trying to do it again. So make sure you're in the building. Sundressesandsangria.com to pick up your pre-sale tickets. It's much appreciated if you go ahead and pick those up. It makes everything easier at the door. I don't like collecting cash at the door. Neither does my brother who normally holds down the door. Anybody else that's holding down the door. We don't like to collect cash. Much rather you guys go ahead and get your pre-sales early and you get a chance to save some money. So go to sundressesandsangria.com and save a little cheese. Um, What else? Okay, so this week's podcast, we have a new sponsor, new sponsor alert, new sponsor alert for uh, this week's podcast. So uh, this week, this episode is brought to you by the good folks over at BMG. Excuse me, BNG Mag. But this is a little bit different. This is specifically for the homie Kodak K. Now, anybody that's in the metro Atlanta area has heard about Kodak K. If you haven't, trust me, you should get familiar. She takes some of the dopest photos. And she has one mission in life ever. And that's to shoot every cover artwork to every artist that's dope ever, period. 
not just Atlanta, all over. It's like she wants to make sure that she shoots her cover. So, look, she has something special that she's doing right now. It's a Kodak case. She's putting on a photo shoot, and this happens every other Wednesday. It's called the Shot Shop. Try saying that three times real fast. Shot Shop. And uh, you don't want to miss out on it, like especially if you're an artist and you're looking for like professional photos. And so let me tell you what she's doing. So for $35, you'll get five edited um, photos and a special discount of $50 for 10 edits. All right. Now, if that's confusing to you, it's probably because you don't know anything about photography. I'm not the, the greatest on photography. But look, this is the easiest way to put it. If you want five different edited uh of your um, five different edits of, of photos, it's going to be $35. Just remember that. And if you want 10 edits, then it's going to be 50. Now, I know how much you charge. Trust me, that's a discount. The only thing that you have to do is just let them know that the den sent you, right? And you're going to get that discount. It's a special discount just for being a listener to today's podcast. So um, all you got to do is reach out to Kodak K. I'll give you her IG. It's at the T-H-E underscore Kodak. That's K-O-D-A-K and the letter k the underscore kodak k go to ig check her out let her know that straight out the den sent you you're going to get that discount uh she'll give you the location if you hit her up we don't need people bombarding her location if you're not uh really interested but i'll tell you it's from 8 p.m to 11:30 p.m and it's every other wednesday and it's at the goat farm we're not going to tell you the building number, but it's at the goat farm. Uh, but yeah, check it out. So look, $35 for five edited um, picks and 10 for 10 edits is going to run you $50, man. So that's a special discount from the good folks over here at straightoutthedin.com. So thanks for listening to the Straight Out The Den podcast. If you need professional photos, stop playing yourself. Get Kodak to shoot you. Her name is Kodak K. Think about it. Kodak, like the camera K, because I know her first name. I'm not going to put out her government name, but... She's dope. Trust me. And I'm not just saying that. She's actually shooting covers for us, too. So uh, I think I might just let something else out the bag. All right. We're going to go past that. So you guys didn't catch any of that that I just said. But check this out. Look. Straightoutthedin.com slash shop. The merch store is closing very soon. We're updating the merch store with all brand new merch. 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 So if you want the um, Straight Out The Den merch right now, it's all on sale. Go and check it out. The snapbacks, when you guys listen to this, the snapbacks are now down uh, to, I think, 22 bucks. Either 20 or 22 bucks. It depends. The dad hats are 20 The snapbacks are 22 bucks. So, And we got T-shirts going there for 20 bucks too. So we're trying to get rid of all of this stuff uh, so we can give you guys some new merch. Uh, shout out to the homie C-Rob over in um, San Diego. He wore the Lazy's T uh, to 2 Chains, um, Pretty Girls Like Trap Music um, concert. So that was dope. And he sent me a picture, man. That's the homie, man. We've been rocking with each other since like seventh grade. And he's always supporting. So shout out to C-Rob. Um, I do have dates. Paid in America dates. Paid in America tour does pick back up on Wednesday of next week on the 23rd so give me a second i'm gonna give you all these dates uh, so you guys can stay up to date with what's going on with the Payton america tour we're picking up this is the second leg and um we're ready to get back on the road so here we go august uh hold on august 23rd we're gonna be at 529 that's here in atlanta georgia we're picking back up here in the city the first really official stop in atlanta august 23rd atlanta georgia 529 um August 27th, we're in Baton Rouge, Louisiana at Uppercuts. 
September 15th. We're in Kansas City, Missouri. That location is to be announced very soon. Uh, September 17th, we're in Indianapolis, Indiana at the Hoosier Dome. Uh, September 21st, we're at Lafayette, Louisiana at the Office Bar. And September 23rd, we're in New Orleans at the Hut Studios. Now, peep this. We are adding more dates, but these are the ones that we have right now. So um, if you want us to come to your city, there's one easy way to do that just got put on at gbell uh send that there um contact our booking agent there and um they'll be glad to get us there you know just got put on at gmail so uh that's it for for that i'm trying to think is there any other announcements for you guys that i want to make sure i make um uh da, 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 da. I, I don't think so i think are, are we good i think we are good we are good so um this week episode we had the opportunity to sit down with the homie Flannel Albert. Very insightful conversation. I learned a lot from this guy. Um, There's just so many things that you kind of take for granted. And, you know, until you take the opportunity to sit down and really learn someone's story and hear their story, um, it makes a world of a difference. You know, just getting to know somebody just through music is one thing, but really having that opportunity to talk with them and them tell you the story. It, it makes a world of a difference. So uh, we sat down with the homie. Uh, he gave us all the information from, you know, growing up and being a Korean American and, and that struggle and, and being in hip hop and uh, having to please parents and also knowing what you want to do, your calling. And um, we got into all of that. And, and it was a great, like I said, great conversation. I learned a lot from him. So enjoy, man. It, it was dope. You guys will continue to get these conversations. We have, I uh, have two more. Yeah. I have like two more podcasts already like sitting here waiting. And, and I'm going to be honest with you. They're both like amazing. I mean, life-changing amazing podcast i'm not going to tell you who they are but they are the stories that are told on these next couple episodes i'm telling you it's going to change the game in podcasting and you guys are going to open your eyes and, and realize that man this much time has went by so look if you're new to the straight out the damn podcast first off i'm sorry you heard me do all of this talking at the beginning before getting into the actual conversation sometimes we do that and um hey if you're enjoying the episode Go to subscribe on iTunes and uh, make sure you rate and review the podcast. And even if you're not listening on iTunes, wherever you're listening, you can do the same thing. You can rate and review the podcast. So we would greatly appreciate it um, if you did that. Outside of that, um, hey, enjoy the episode. It's Flannel Albert. Um, he's going to give you the the uh, <laughs> the meaning behind the name as well, man. But check it out. Straight out the damn podcast. Hey, what's going on, people? It's Last Name Good of the Straight Out the Damn Podcast. Uh, today we have a special guest in the building, um, Flannel Albert. Bro, I, I just want to start there, man. First off, thank you for being on the podcast. How you doing today? I'm good, man. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, man. You're welcome, bro. So like uh, like I was telling you before we started, this is a very open uh, conversation type podcast. Like We talk about everything from, uh, you know, music industry stuff to you know to your music uh but the ultimate goal for me at the end of the day is like when this conversation is over with i have a better understanding of who you are and also our our uh listeners have a, a great understanding of who you are just not as a musician but as a person as well you know what i mean so uh right, i do right. want to start so i can get this out the way completely 
I yeah. love the name, but I want to know how do you get a name like Flannel Albert? I want to get that cliche question out the air so we can have some real yeah. conversation. It's funny because that's always the first question people ask me, and I wish like that I had a better answer available. <laughs> like, there was some big story behind it, you know? Because the name, you know, like that's what everybody hears. But honestly, yeah, I was um, I was thinking of names for a while, and um, I wanted my name to be in it. I wanted the name Albert to be in it. And I'd, I'd just been always thinking like Albert something like Albert needs to be at the beginning. And then one day, like it just occurred to me that I could put Albert at the end. Mm. And I was like, okay, so something Albert. And uh, one of my favorite rappers is actually Earl sweatshirt. Like oh, I just okay. always like dug that like Earl sweatshirt. Like it's not, it's not like, it's kind of a neutral name. You hear it and you don't immediately know if it's a rapper, if it's like a producer or like a musician. And I wanted something like a little bit ambiguous like that. Right. And I'm from Portland, like Pacific Northwest and flannels are big there. I used to wear a lot of flannels. So I was just like, yo, that rolls off the tongue nicely, flannel, Albert. And it can be shortened. Like people call me flans, just flannel. Like it's been, it's been pretty good for branding and uh, it just kind of stuck. And so... I wish I had a better answer, but it was really, I got inspired by our old sweatshirt. Uh, it sounded good coming off the tongue, and I, I, I wear flannels a lot. I don't wear them anymore because I feel like that's too much of a gimmick. Right, right. But I used to wear them <laughs> a lot, so no. that's kind of where it comes from. Just wanted like a neutral name that, that sounded good. Yeah, well, you know, I'll give you this, uh, man. It's actually, it is a dope name. And believe it or not, that's a pretty cool story to go along with it. Um, now, <laughs> I heard you say that you, you're from... Portland, Maine, man. But I want to know what was the transition to get you down? You're you're based in Brooklyn now, correct? What word? So actually, I'm from Portland, Oregon. Portland, so Oregon. Excuse me. Excuse me. Yeah. Portland, Oregon. So uh, yeah, I mean that's yeah. even that's an even bigger transition, man. So how do you go from Portland, Oregon, all the way across the country to Brooklyn? Yeah. Um, so I was born and raised in Portland. Um, you know, that's just kind of where my family lived. But both my parents are Korean. They they they're from Korea. And uh, what ended up happening was around high school, they moved back to Korea and I followed them. So I actually went to high school in Korea at like, oh, wow. an international school, yeah, um, which was a cool transition. And uh, from there, I know that I knew that I wanted to come to college back in the United States. Right, right. So I went to a small school called Amherst College. It's in Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, I was just kind of following the the path you go to college and you look for a job after and i was literally just on my my school job posting site i found a job here in new york um and then the rent was cheaper in brooklyn and i found a spot here and you know regardless of where i am i'm going to be making music whether i'm in portland or in korea or in brooklyn but i just happened to to be lucky to be in a spot where there's a lot of other underground musicians and the scenes kind of popping so really non-music related stuff brought me to Brooklyn. Uh, but I just happened to be doing music wherever I am. Right. So I heard a couple of things in that, man, that I really wanted to cover. Like number one, just having a dynamic of hap like growing up in one place and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. Are you uh first born um, here? Like you're, the rest of your, your mom and dad, you said they were, they were born in Korea and, and they moved here yeah. when you were born. You were born here. So like, yeah, how, was that, how was that transition, man? Like to, to be, you know, you have so much culture somewhere else, but you, you grew up and everything you pretty much learned was from here and just to move back in like some very pivotal, pivotal years of your life. I mean, like high school, 
that's when we yeah. come to know ourselves. You know what I mean? So like to go from that and, sure. and have to go over overseas, like how was that for you? Oh yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. Like because growing up as a Korean American is just different from growing up as a Korean Korean, and I feel like like that's coming more into light these days. Like what it's like being a first generation kid like if you're if your parents are asian like there's a lot of shows coming out these days and movies that kind of highlight that which i appreciate but yeah going back to korea i think gave me more of an appreciation of what my you know what my parents grew up with like that culture because there's always like a a slight disconnect between immigrant parents and their kids because you don't know what it's like living in the motherland um so i think that was good for me to appreciate the culture that they came from mm-hmm. and made me see some things from my parents' side. And, uh, you know, you're just not aware of that. And the other thing though, was I think that was kind of a big, big kind of pivotal moment for me making music. Cause I went to school in an inter- international school in Korea, but most of the kids were Korean, Korean, like they had grown right. up there. And so I was already kind of different and I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of like a, I like being the center of attention, I guess. Okay. Um, <laughs> And I felt like music was a way for me to stand out. And so I just kind of grabbed onto that. And, you know, in Korea is really where I started making music and sharing with friends because I was like, hey, you know, I grew up with this music and this culture and I want to share it with my, you know, my Korean friends that might not have necessarily known about it. Right. Um, Just because hip hop and stuff wasn't as big at the time back then. So that definitely had that kind of effect on my music moving back to Korea. Absolutely. So... You know, I, I do want to kind of stay here for a second. So, like, being in Korea, and that's really where you, you found the knack for um, wanting to do hip-hop music and just music in general, and mm-hmm. seeing that the market was slight, slightly different. What, well, let me mm-hmm. ask you this. What is the, the music scene like at that time in Korea? So, at that time, from from what I could gather, it was very K-pop dominated. And I'm sure it's changed now. I don't keep up that much with it anymore. But it was really, like music business like there were a few big music corporations right and you know they controlled what these artists were singing you know they had people writing for everybody it was really kind of a you know everyone's putting an effort into each artist and it felt to me like there wasn't artist self-expression except for like a select few artists that were you know that were really doing everything themselves um and it was good and it was catchy to listen to, but it was just so different from, you know, what it's like in the United States. Like, obviously, music business is a huge thing in the United States and, yeah, corporation, and that's all backing them. But I just always felt like the artists in the United States were, I guess, more honest. Mm-hmm. They, 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 it seemed like they were really expressing themselves. And that's not like a diss to, to Korean culture at all, but that's kind of just the idea that I got as soon as I moved to Korea. It's like these songs were being written by people in boardrooms, you know, by the executives, and they were telling them exactly what to put out and what not to put out. Seems like a Um, very uh, controlled, um, you know, state for music. And, and, you know, for what I know about music is most of the artists don't want to be controlled, and they most have a message that they kind of want to get out and tell their own story. So I can understand how that, you know, that's like a conflict of interest. You want to tell your exactly. story, and you're pretty much being told what to say at all times, man. Um, right. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's different. I was going to say weird, but, you know, I'm trying to use my words the right way. It's <laughs> different, right? I, yeah, yeah. 
So um, I'm look. I had a chance to, to to check out the music, and we're definitely gonna get into the music. Um, and, and I'll say from what I heard, I only got a chance to go like I think maybe track. I got through just about the whole EP. Um, okay. I, think I finished it like track five or, or six, something like that. But the one mm-hmm. thing that I noticed, just you know, visually looking at everything, is that you did handle a lot of the production on the project as well yeah. as um, being things on the artist side. So. I don't recall you saying anything about how you got into production. So I'm a producer myself. So I always kind of get um, happy when I, I can get a chance to talk to other producers, man. So like, number one, mm-hmm. what do you, use? what's your, what's your equipment of choice? Got to get right. that out of the way. And then number yeah. two, how did you get into production? Yeah. Um, so I'm a logic guy. Okay. Uh, and I've been a logic guy since I started producing. Um, I've tried to get into other stuff. I've dabbled here and there, but just something about, you know, it's like your first love. You can't really get away from it. And I'm just so used to the, yeah, I'm just so used to the workstation and the interface. Um, I actually, the way that I got into production is I'm a, like a classically trained pianist. Okay. So yeah, growing up, like every Asian kid plays piano and I, I happened to stick with it, you know, and I was playing classical up until like two years ago when I finished college. Um, but that was the basis. Mm-hmm. All my theory is from that, all my, you know, how to play and, 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 you know, how to arrange partly comes from me growing up playing the piano. And, um, what happened though is like growing up, I honestly didn't listen to a lot of popular music, like until I, um, I was in like a church youth group, mm-hmm. like a, I was on the worship team and I was playing praise songs, like Christian rock songs. And I met some some kids through that that were like into popular music and they were like oh like let's jam let's do a jam band together and through that i got into like alternative rock like my first taste of popular music like mind you at this point i still wasn't listening to hip-hop um and then what happened after that was i had a friend that was like yo i think you would like hip-hop like i think the stuff you're hearing on the radio that you don't like like i, I don't think that's a good representation so she burned me like a mix cd and it had like Lupe and it had Kanye and Atmosphere and Consequence, just a bunch of like really lyrical people right. with like old like soul beats. And like I fell in love with that, like no, the Kanye can, soul beats. With can the, I stop you for just one second? Up. Can I stop you for one second? Yeah. I, and I usually don't do this, but I have to make sure I say this. Wherever that friend uh-huh. is, tell them I said thank you because most people. <laughs> Don't go that extra mile, man. Like, I mean, the fact that they went yeah. and burned you a CD and was like, and gave you some quality stuff at that. It wasn't like on some, you know, some bubble gum. So they, they really gave you some it, quality hip hop to listen to. I'm sorry, man. I, I just had to get it off my chest. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Like it was, it was something, you know, that it was a pivotal moment and it was something small, the small act of burning a CD. But since ever, ever since that, like I just fell in love with it. And then, uh, you know, I when I moved to Korea, b-boying is pretty big in Korea, and right. a lot of my close friends were b-boys, and I started doing that too. So that was just another layer of hip hop that I was kind of immersed in. And I think that b-boying, like, because b-boying, like, it's not super, it's not super mainstream, mm-hmm. but it's so international. Like, you got people in France doing it, South Africa, Korea, like, every country has some b-boys, and there's this community. And like there was just so much love between between b boys like from different countries, different cultures, and I felt like like that that was when I was like, oh, hip hop is about you know, it's about spreading love, 
it's about giving a voice to people like that are normally marginalized. Like it felt, I felt kind of like a community within that. And I think that got me closer to hip hop, just not only as a music genre, but as an idea. And at that point, I still didn't rap. I still didn't really do production. I was doing like pop songs out of my room, Mm -hmm. but there was like this wave of Asian YouTube rappers around when I was like in high school and like dumbfounded, like, uh, what's his name? Like deep pride. Like they started coming on and people took notice. And I remember I was like, Hey, like, I think I could do this. Like, like I, I was like thinking of lines and I was looking at the beats and how they were laid out. So one night, like I just tried it and I released it and I got like a lot of good reception from some people that heard it. And it's kind of just been since then, I, uh, I've kind of just been improving and, and trying to hone my craft and find my sound. So it was a gradual process. Like I, I was into hip hop long before I really started making it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, after I made my first beat and like, I, I was like, Oh, this is kind of nice. I continue doing that. And now it's really that I'm latching onto that hip hop sound. Oh, that's dope, man. You actually have a, a very unique um, journey to hip hop. You, you know, some people, but the, the core of it to me from just the people that I've talked to, for the most part, mm-hmm. it always starts with a friend. You know, there's always yeah. a friend that either puts them on. I've I've heard the stories of, of friends putting them on like horrible music and people kind of <laughs> like went away from hip hop for a while. And, you know, I've yeah. heard the stories of, you know, friends putting them on some quality music. But also, man, just to have like, a, you know, classically trained piano, man, that's that's nothing to be taken lightly. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. something that that that's going to take you a long way because you like you say you know theory and you you know chord progression and, and things of, of that nature and you understand that like hey there are certain chords that that you're going to play that's going to make people happy and then there are certain chords that you play that's going to make people sad and like so knowing that part of it that that's going to yeah. make you know a world of a difference and now that you've yeah. told me that just the songs that I've heard I can kind of see like okay well that makes sense it, it's starting to you know tie things in together um well yeah and and like well that's what i love about music too is like you know like whether you're classically trained because i i collaborate and hang out with a lot of people that do music but aren't classically trained and it's like regardless of how much experience you have with music you can make something dope like it doesn't really like and not only that like it brings a different flavor to it like i have friends that don't play the piano but will send me a beat and i'm like this is crazy like how did you even think of this and then it's vice versa. Like I send them something and they're like, Whoa, I would have never thought of anything like this. Like music is so broad and like that's why it's so beautiful is that like like regardless of where you are, you can make something that resonates with people. And like this is this is stuff that I just get mad sappy about because music is so big to me, but you know, outside of rap and outside of hip hop and, and production and all that, like music itself is just it's huge. Like yeah, absolutely, man. So let me ask you this. Outside of music itself, man, like what is it that, you know, something, I guess something that people wouldn't know about Flannel Albert? Like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how many people know about you playing the piano. I, I don't know how many people know that. But like outside of music, what's something that people might not know about you? Uh, let's see. Um, I was like a, I was a pretty studious kid, actually, like in high school. Um I like it was like my class speaker at graduation and like class president and stuff. Um, you know, Amherst was like a pretty good school. I always had a lot of educational pressure from my parents. Um, and you know, people could probably guess me being Korean and everything like that, that definitely exists. 
and it's at times, you know, been a conflict um, between my parents and I, like whether I should pursue music or not, because they right. sacrificed a lot to make sure that I get into good schools, and, and they kind of had a plan for me. Um, and it, for me, it's a balance of, you know, I got to stay thankful to my parents and the situation that they put me in. Uh, I have a lot of opportunities compared to other people. And, you know, some people do music because they need to do music, like, to survive. And I, I had the option, you know, to do it because I wanted to. So it's like a, a, a separation balancing, like, the fact that I'm grateful for that, but also pursuing something that I'm passionate about. So that's definitely something that affects my music life, but that's just kind of how I grew up. Um, another thing, I guess, is, like, I think part of the reason that I got into hip-hop was as an Asian male, like, there's, like, that idea of masculinity. Mm. Like, Asian males are kind of seen as less masculine. I'm kind of a smaller dude. Um, I always felt like growing up I had something to prove. Um, and in order to do that, like, with people, I feel like I'm kind of a people pleaser. Mm. Um, I'm, like, a really kind of nice guy. Like, I like to uh, make sure what is included. I kind of, like, you know, do the self-deprecating humor and stuff. But what I loved about hip hop was it allowed me to like get all those other feelings out. Like it, right, allowed, it gave right. me an avenue to be taken seriously. Um, and hip hop was kind of seen as like this masculine thing. And like as an Asian dude that is often overlooked in that sense, like I kind of use that as an avenue. Um, so yeah. that's, that's kind of, yeah, besides, besides the music, like that was kind of the reason, one of the reasons I think that I started the music was kind of as a way to prove myself. Man, that's that's interesting, man. Like I, I haven't heard that um frame like that, you know what I mean? And just to think that, you know, I don't know, for me, I I've been listening to music and, and hip hop for a while, man, but I never thought about the masculinity part of it. You know, I just kind of just like, okay, it's music, you know, we enjoy it, but you know, when you put mm -hmm. it in that type of context, it's like you're using it as a tool to not necessarily prove yourself, but almost like mm -hmm. prove to yourself that like, hey man, I can do this. I'm not the stereotype yeah. that what people think. I'm, I'm actually right. I'm, there's more layers to me, and, and so I can appreciate you coming coming with that. I, I, I man, honestly, I never thought about that. I was gonna ask yeah. you, you know, being an Asian American in hip hop, that's 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 rare, right? You know, mm -hmm. there, it, mm -hmm. it's not something that we can sit here and say it happens all the time what yeah, else yeah. you know what else do you deal with like what type of adversity do you deal with just like from your peers and and you know when you're in front of that stage and and people taking you seriously like what, what kind of things that you deal with yeah i mean if i'm going to be completely honest like not i haven't faced a lot of adversity i've always been prepared for it i'm like oh shit like somebody's gonna say something somebody's right. gonna say yeah but as of now, like everybody that I've spoken with and people that have heard my music have been supportive. And like, I, I, I'm just grateful for that. You know, whether they're white, black, Asian, like people have been supportive and haven't pointed to my race. Um, at least after they hear my music. Right. Um, but it, it's something that I think about cause, um, hip hop is predominantly black. And I think some people could see me, you know, say things about cultural appropriation. Some people could say that, you know, I'm not cut out for that. Some people say I don't have the upbringing for it. Um, and I mean, on my side, it, it's really, I have a love for the music. I have a respect for the culture. Um, 
And I need to respect that, you know, as I continue rapping, like know that where, where it came from, never take it for granted um, because it's given me basically an opportunity to express myself and to prove myself. Like it, it has become that tool. Um, and I always respect the culture that came from for that. Um, but, you know, like I, I can't, I honestly can't say people have dissed me for being Asian yet, at least. Maybe I'm not big enough yet. Um, but, you know, I love doing it. Well, I think, man, a lot of it has to do with just the music, you know. You can always judge a book mm-hmm. by its cover, but, man, when you hear the music, the music speaks for itself. And, you know, from, from what I heard, you mm-hmm. have a special gift, you know what I mean? That You're definitely Thank a talented you, individual. No, 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 no doubt, man. I, I can see it. I, I'm looking at the artwork right here, man. I, I did want to have, like, a, a couple of questions so we can get into it. Because, you know, I know we've been talking now for a couple of minutes. And I want to make sure we do get into some some of, of the projects so people can kind of get an idea of what's yeah, going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at yeah. the artwork, man. Please explain the artwork to me because I'm seeing all of this. So just to kind of give you guys who, who can't see it, I'm going to give you my interpretation. Or, or I'm just going to kind of point out what I'm seeing. So we have Flannel Albert on the park. It seems like a park. He's on the bench. And mm-hmm. the the uh, photo is um, I can't think of what's the what's the word for the photo when uh, I can't think of it. It's um, it's not a out of focus. It's kind of you know when you have a print that I forgot. The yeah, name. yeah. You guys, you you'll see, you'll get what I'm saying. When you see <laughs> but there's almost yeah. like two of you. So one is looking, you know, fairly calm, mm-hmm. but and with his uh, legs crossed, and then the other one, who I'm assuming is you. Uh, you're yep. sitting somewhat calm, but you have the parental advisory over your face. Yeah, yeah. Break that down um, for me, bro. Yeah. No, this is good because I actually have like a cool, cool story behind this. One. Right, I like cool, my cool. name. <laughs> um, so yeah, the the name of the project is called Yeah No, and like yeah is in all caps, no is in all lowercase. There's two of me. Like if you notice the the effects on the photo, like the background is kind of all color filtered, and then the foreground is like, like you know, just regular unedited, right. like. A lot of times when I'm music, I play with like this whole duality thing, like two sides to each story. Um, and it's because like I contradict myself a lot in my songs because I feel like as people, like everything in life is about making decisions, right? Like, and there's, there's always like two sides to every decision. And sometimes in my songs, I talk about, you know, um, being a rapper, like an AOK, a lot of the song AOK is about, hey, like, I don't want to fit into any preconceived norms. Like, I just want to make music that I'm happy with and that I fuck with. Right. But then at the same time, in the, there's a verse in AOK where it's like, I need to stop singing so much if I want to be taken seriously as a hip-hop act. I need to, like, be in a music video with a bunch of girls and, like, you know, fit into, like, a, some sort of stereotype. Like, that's not, that's, like, literally what I think sometimes. Like, my mind switches day to day because... I'm just like, I, I don't know what to do. And that's just me, me, me being honest with people in my music because I know people have those fears all the time. You know, there's two sides to everything. And it's like, do I want to fulfill myself or do I want to fulfill, you know, what society should think? It's the same thing with relationships. Like I have a song in there called Guilt Free and it's literally about, is this my fault or is this your fault? Mm. So that comes back to the, the cover of the photo. Like everything is in twos. There's two of me, um... You know, there's one that's kind of calm and wearing, like, the blues, and there's one that's more intense, like, wearing the reds with the parental advisory explicit content on, on top of it. It's just like a yin-yang type thing. And I right, feel like right. 
one day, hopefully, I can reconcile those two and just, you know, be me. Um, be a version of me that's comfortable living on this earth. And I'm not saying that I'm not comfortable living on the earth right now, but, you know, that's kind of the idea that I have with my music. Right, um, right. And it, it all goes back, you know, like being like an Asian kid doing hip-hop. Like, even that's kind of like a duality thing, too. Um, so since my music was centered so much around that, I wanted my first EP to reflect that kind of an always possible. And so that that's why you have that on the cover. Gotcha. Absolutely. And so like the first single um, that really got some traction was A-OK. Um, mm-hmm. Over 24,000 impressions, man, on SoundCloud. So yeah, that's, yeah. That's definitely dope, man. Um, how was Thank that for you, you know, releasing a record like that and, and getting that type of reception on it? What did it do for you? Uh, just number one, your confidence level as an artist, but number two, uh-huh. just like, uh, making this thing more so like this is real. This is real life. This is not a hobby. Yeah, like I think AOK was one of the first songs where I really found my sound. Because oh. um, I used to do pop music, and then I, when I did the transition to hip hop and rap, I think I tried to be really like rap, um, like what was in at the time for rap, uh, which wasn't as melodic. And AOK was the first song where I really kind of combined the two. It's kind of a poppier, lighthearted rap song, but it still has bars. Like, it still allowed me to express myself and be aggressive in certain parts, but the instrumentation was pretty melodic. And uh, it did wonders for my confidence because I felt like I had put myself out there and been like, this is me, and people received it well. And, um, like, I still remember, like, you know, how I came up with the beat and stuff. I was working on another song and literally that chord progression just came into my head. And I was like, I have to quit this project and open up this new one and then write this <laughs> as soon as I can or else I'm going to forget. Right, right. And and then like writing it, you know, I people talk about rappers like writing in the studio or like, you know, they have their spots. And my spot is actually like cafes. And um, I wrote it at a cafe. Like I was just out one day, I wrote it at a cafe over like a cup of coffee and so it's the song is just so quintessential me, like singing, rapping, kind of lighthearted, written at a cafe, like kind of piano based, keyboard based. So it really embodies me and it, it did wonders for my confidence that that was received so well. That's dope, man. I, I do want to ask you why a cafe, though. That that's just uh, that seems kind of random for me. Why, why do you like writing at a cafe? To be honest, like. When I lived in Korea, cafe culture there is big. The cafes are open 24 hours, and I, would, I used to do my homework there. Like, sometimes you just want to get out of the house, right. um, but just kind of sit. Like, you don't really want to do anything, like, interact with people, but you just want to be around people and, like, hear that background noise. So I used to go to cafes to, like, apply to college, um, do homework, and that just translated to when I was here. Um, sometimes when you're cooped up in your room all, t- all the time, like, a change of setting is helpful with creativity. Absolutely. Um, and so usually like Saturdays, Sundays, when I want to write music, I just, uh, I'll step out to some random cafe and, and just sit there and write. That's just kind of my spot. Um, and it's weird. I know a lot of other Korean rappers that do it, uh, but not like anybody else. So I wonder if it's like a Korean thing. Yeah. Cool. Um, all right. So look, I have this thing. I do it every now and then. Right. And I think today is mm-hmm. the perfect time to do it. It's called three lazy questions. So okay. I'm going to give you three questions. I just want you mm-hmm. to respond the first thing that comes to mind, all right? So, all right. Uh, first question, what inspires you? Sex. 
<laughs> Yo, that was like, I don't know. Like, that's uh, a very honest answer, that man. Came into my mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, Yo, but like, like as men, like I think like sex does like inspire a lot of shit. I can't believe I just said that. I'm gonna let you keep it in there, but I, <laughs> I'm gonna have to to think to myself tonight, like why that was the first thing I, oh, I came up with. It's okay. It's okay. That was a very honest answer, and and there yeah. deep down, there's probably a reason why that one came out of there first. It's okay. Yeah, You're cool yeah. with me. It's okay. So here's another one for you, right? Your earliest right. memory of hip hop. Uh, the there's a uh, fuck. What's the name of the song? Um, the good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, Kanye in consequence. Mm. That was on that mix CD. That was the first song that really, really stood out to me. Um, that intro with the beat, and then the flow that he comes in with. You know, Good Morning America. Like it was, yeah, it was. That was just like. It put me on a cloud, I remember. And that was really the earliest memory that I had about it, and I just appreciated it. That's dope, man. That's a dope story. All right, last question, man. Last question. Mm -hmm. If you could change anything about hip-hop, what would it be? I think the perception of it, um, and I was like like that, too, when I first started hip-hop, like, people just rapping about bitches and, and money and yeah, that's, that's what people, a lot of people see, but I think underneath it all, hip hop to me is about giving a voice to the marginalized. And there's just so much intelligence in hip hop. There's so much just raw emotion. And I wish that would get promoted more. And I mm-hmm. wish people would understand that. Um, especially like the older generation. Right. Um, and I think, you know, if that were to happen, like, more people would get into hip-hop, racial divides. Like, I've seen racial divides broken through b-boying. You know, Korea, Korea, like, people people think, you know, America, obviously, there are so many problems with racism within the country. But countries outside of the United States, Korea, Japan, like, because they don't see other cultures, mm-hmm. there's a lot of xenophobia and racism, you know, you just don't see it within the country because right. there's no one really to be racist too. But there, you know, like people are scared of other people in the world. And, and like, when you have that common thing, um, like that brings people together. And I just feel like if more people were into hip hop and had that commonality, it would just bring people together. That's dope, man. Well, look, bro, I appreciate you calling in today, man. It's been a, a very insightful number one conversation, man. I, I really enjoyed it. Learned a lot too. Just learned a lot about Korean culture Things that I didn't, uh-huh. you know, that I didn't necessarily know, man. So thank you for sharing that. Uh, before we yeah. get out of here, man, tell the people how can they mm-hmm. connect with you if they want to buy the project. What's the best way to go by doing so? Word. Um, so all my social handles are just my name, Flannel Albert. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, SoundCloud. Uh, you can find my stuff on Spotify. Uh, anyone that wants to work with me, I I always like it when somebody hits me up to work and they say like yo, I have a beat or like, Hey, I like, I think you could do well on this. Like come with something concrete. Cause I get a lot of people asking me, yo, let's work. And then I'm like, yeah, like on what? And there's no real answer. And that just makes me think <laughs> right. they're not serious about actually working. Like I love collaborating with people. I love hopping on verses. I love giving people beats. Um, but I want to know people are serious at a time. So 
Uh, and yo, like, just hit me up, even if you don't want to work, just to like talk. Like, I'm I'm sure you can tell. Like, I love talking about myself and and how what music has done for me. Um, just because I I hope that you know it can inspire someone or just relate to somebody. So whether people want to work or just talk about music, like I'm always down to shoot shit. So yeah, man, that was the episode with Flannel Albert. Hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. Like I said, uh, early in the podcast, we have two super dope episodes coming up next week and the week after that. You guys are going to really enjoy it. Um, I can't wait for you to hear it so we can engage and have these conversations, man. I told you it's going to be life-changing material there. And um, hopefully you guys learn something from it because I'm learning something. Every time I sit down and talk with people, I learn from them. And that's what it's all about, continued growth and, and also learning Um every chance we get. So uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Make sure you subscribe. Please subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Um, we are nothing without you. If you don't listen and you're not sharing, then we're talking to ourselves. And these are great conversations that we're having. And hopefully they're they're providing some type of insight uh, for you if you're listening. So uh, tell a friend to tell a friend. Keep subscribing. Keep listening. Um, sharing share button is always great um, in the world of podcasting but oh yeah you guys ask about the voicemail send me a voicemail send me a voicemail call me right now 678-872-2227 I'm going to start playing those again Um, I had a couple of people ask questions and and we talked offline uh, but I want to bring those conversations back here to the podcast so send me a voicemail right now Uh, I mean look okay if you want to be smart about it Send a voicemail, shout your business out, shout out whatever you want to. You're leaving a voicemail for straight out the den. So it's 678-872-2227. Outside of that, man, as always, if you have a dream, pray on that dream, research that dream, and work until that dream becomes reality. I'm Last Name Good. This is the Straight Out the Den Podcast. See you. The Straight Out the Den Podcast is powered by the Indie Creative Network.